past couple of weeks, we've been um, speaking on a topic called Fear Not. And like, you know, there's been a lot of fear in our world today. Like, who can see that? I can definitely see that. And there's just so much uncertainty, so much instability. Um, and I'd even say, I'd use the word insanity. Like, <laughs> that's a word I think that could describe, I guess, the climate of our world right now. Like, this is not of God, this, all this stuff that's happening. This is not of God. And it's, it's just evidence that the kingdom of darkness is at work in our world, creating havoc. Um, but the good news is that Jesus, he came to set us free. He came to deliver us from this. And so last week, um, Pastor Sharon, she spoke a great message with us um, from 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. And she spoke about how fear is a tormenting spirit that is not from God, but it's actually from the enemy. And fear, what it does is it opposes God's word and it opposes God's purposes in our lives. And so I guess to lay a foundation of what I'm going to be sharing with you today, I'm just going to read that scripture again because it's so powerful and there's so much truth in there, so much power in it. And so it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So we can see how fear, it actually counteracts the work of God's spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit brings us power, love, in a sound mind. And so, first of all, we know the Holy Spirit gives us power. So the spirit of fear seeks to make you feel powerless. Fear seeks to oppress you, which means it seeks to be a force in your life that actually calms and holds you down so you're not free to do what you will to do. Then the Holy Spirit gives us love. And we know God is love. And it's having a revelation of the love of God that gives us this sense of acceptance and this security. And so what fear does is it comes to distort our perception of God firstly, that he is unloving. But then it also comes to distort our perception of who we really are, that we're not really loved by God and God could never love us, which actually leads us to run away from God rather than come to him. And we feel like in that, we've got to do this all on our own. And then it says the Holy Spirit gives us a sound mind. So fear, it creates a battle in our mind. It seeks to distort your thinking and distort the way you actually see life because Satan knows if he can take your mind, he can take your life. And so today I'm going to give you some insight into, first of all, how fear can actually enter and operate in our life. But then secondly, how we can actually face fear. And I'm going to be sharing a little bit of my story in facing fear as well. Because like, this is important because if we minimize fear to something that's just in our head or something you're just feeling you actually lose the ability to address it and actually deal with it. And so 
This morning, we're going to be reading from Genesis chapter 3, verse 7 to 10. And here we see that fear first makes its appearance in Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And the context here in this verse is that Adam and Eve have just disobeyed God for the first time and sin has entered the world. And I just thought this was really interesting what this has to say to us here. And so it says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And I used to read this and think, well, they covered themselves with fig leaves and they hid because they were filled with shame. And while that is true, their shame was actually rooted in fear, which is what led them to cover themselves and to hide. And this gives us a bit of insight into how the spirit of fear actually um, enters and operates in our lives. And so I'm going to be breaking it down into three parts today to um, illustrate this. And so we've got the seed, we've got the root, and we've got the fruit. And so first of all, we'll talk about the seed. And so the seed is the event or the action that actually opens the doorway for the spirit of fear to enter your life. And so this open door is actually what the Bible calls a foothold. And we hear that in Ephesians 4, 7, it says, do not give a foothold to the devil. So a foothold like, is specifically used in the context of rock climbing. So when someone's rock climbing up a wall, they need a foothold. It's a place for them to lodge their foot so they can actually get a grip on the wall. And so to not give a foothold so the devil means do not create an opportunity for him to lodge and get a grip on your life. And so the seed is the doorway. It is the foothold that the enemy can actually latch onto in your life. And so in this case of what we just read here, the seed was that Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And that was the action that actually opened the doorway for fear to enter and to latch onto. And in our own lives, we can open the door to fear. There are seeds planted, which can be events that happen in our life. They can be different traumas or experiences that we have not dealt with. Um, fear can come through the family. Like if you're in an environment where you always have to perform a certain way or one wrong move and there's punishment. Or maybe you're just in a family that's just riddled with this anxiety. And, and so when you're in that environment, you feel like you carry that too. And so this event of fear becomes a doorway for the spirit of fear to latch onto. Second thing is we have the root. So we know that seeds grow roots. 
And just as the roots is what secures the seed in the soil, the roots secure itself into our life. And the root represents the spirit of fear that enters through those open doors. And this is what we call, the Bible calls a stronghold. And we read in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 to 5, it says, the weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so stronghold is the important word um, that we see here, which in the Greek, it means fortress. And the verse correlates demolishing strongholds with taking every thought captive. And so that shows me that firstly, a stronghold is a place where demonic spirits actually take up residence in our hearts. And secondly, it's what builds beliefs and thought patterns into our mind, like building a fortress. And we even see this in Matthew 12, verse 43 to 44. There's a really um, interesting moment where Jesus um, just cast a demon out of a man, a demonic spirit out of a man. And the spirit, like he leaves and he comes back and he says, he calls the man, my house. He says, I'm going to go back to my house. That's crazy. Like when we, when we give the spirit of fear, an opportunity to come into our lives and we submit to it, it will take ownership over us so we can take control of our lives. And it takes you captive and it grips you and it reinforces fear into your life, resulting in a bondage that you feel like you cannot get free from. And it's called a stronghold because it has a stronghold on your life. And so the act of disobedience in Adam and Eve first created a foothold that the spirit of fear could latch itself onto, which then developed into a stronghold. And it grew roots, and it, yeah, it grows roots where the spirit of fear, it brought in the beliefs and thought patterns of shame into their lives. And their shame was rooted in fear of failure and fear of rejection. And so once the roots are in place and are rooted, it produces fruit. And so the third thing is the fruit. And the fruit is what grows as a result of the roots. And you could say it's like the outward action, the outward evidence that we see fear outworking in our lives. Because, you know, our beliefs and our thoughts actually directly impact our actions and the way um, we live our life. And so the fruit um, of fear for Adam and Eve was actually how they tried to cover themselves and how they ran and how they hid. And so while fear was the root, which was the spirit behind it, it was their covering and their hiding and their running that was actually the fruit. And so this shows us that the real battle is not in the physical realm, which is the fruit. But the real battle is the spiritual force at work, which is the root. And Ephesians 6, 12 tells us this. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So you cannot deal with fear in your life by the fruit. You've got to deal with the root. You've got to deal, because what, what keeps a tree alive to actually produce that fruit? It's the root. It's the root system. And you can pick the fruit off of that tree all you like, but it's just going to grow more fruit. And so it's time to actually identify what is the root and pull those roots out of our life. And so one thing that the fruit does, though, is it does indicate to us what is the root. It shows us, okay, I've got this fruit, this outward evidence in my life. So what is the root of that? And um, I guess we could say it's easy to recognize the big fears in our life. Um, but a lot of ways that fear actually operates in our life is not very obvious at all. And it's actually very subtle. And it comes by stealth and by disguise, because the kingdom of darkness always wants to stay hidden. You know, we, we often don't even recognize it as fear, and we like to relabel it as other things, because we don't like to admit that we're afraid. And so here are some things that, um, some indicators that maybe fear is operating in your life. You may have heard yourself say some of these things before, um, but we, gotta, we actually got to call it what it is and face it and identify it. Um, so we can say things. You might have heard yourself say some of these before. I know I definitely have. We say, oh, I'm, con I'm concerned about this. We say, I'm worried about this. I'm anxious. Like who said those before? I know I definitely have. Like in moments I feel so overwhelmed by different fears. And it's very subtle, it's very, very subtle, but it has the notion that there's something seizing you and you are surrendering to it. And in that moment, we doubt our ability to overcome it, overcome what's ahead because we're trusting in ourselves and we don't think we have what we need to overcome it. What about we say, I'm a bit stressed out right now. I'm under a lot of pressure. Like I've found myself saying that even this week, I was saying those things. And stress is a pressure. Stress is a pressure. And sometimes we gotta check in with ourselves and ask, where is this pressure actually coming from? Like where, where is it coming from? Because often there is no pressure. There is no pressure, but what happens is fear, it, fear brings that pressure on you. And so when you're pressured by fear, you don't feel like you can handle or cope anymore. And it's, it's a fear of failure because you've lost confidence that you can actually cope. And so we feel like, okay, I need to get back into control again. What a dangerous place to be in to try and control things in your own strength. Like in those moments, you know, we try and gain control of our world. And then we try and gain control of other people around us. And then we hurt them and then they're damaged. And then it's just this vicious cycle. Did you know that even anger comes from fear? 
like the stressed out person is often quite irritable. That's what happens. And as a result, you know, it leads, it can lead to anger at times. And what anger does is it gives you the illusion that you're in control for a moment. But really, it just leaves more messes that you have to clean up. Another thing that fear will do is cause you to actually to hide yourself and, and to put up a mask or put up a wall, keeping yourself at a distance from other people. And the fear is, if people see the real me, what I'm really like, what, what will they think? What will they do? And Adam and Eve tried to cover themselves with fig leaves and they ran and they hid. But putting up fig leaves does not get rid of your fear. It actually reinforces it. It buries it and it enhances it. And if you put a mask up about who you really are, you will constantly live in the fear that someone will see through that mask. And it causes us to, to avoid stuff. It causes us to build up walls in our heart. And really what we need in our lives is we need transparency about who we really are and about our past and about our failures. Because if we keep it concealed and hidden, like mold festers in the dark, it grows in the dark. And so we gotta bring those things into the light for it to actually lose power over you and to stop growing. So who's recognized there's fear in their life that they need to overcome? I know there's definitely fears that I've dealt with and continue to deal with and overcome. And in my own life, I believe that the spirit of fear was a spirit over my life. And the spirit of fear was actually stopping me from doing what God had called me to do. And that's what fear does. It, it grips you and it confines you to a comfort zone. And you just can't step beyond it. Like who likes their comfort zone? I definitely do because it's comfortable, right? We like that. We like to be comfortable. And like I can say in my own life, I didn't know how to step out of my comfort zone. I didn't know how to face fear. I only knew how to run away from it. And when I say run, I literally mean there was times I would literally run away from it. Like, I mean, you just have to ask Millie or Pastor Ash about their struggle at trying to get me to do anything in regards to talking to people or talking in front of people. Like, I remember, uh, let me think of a couple of stories. I remember a time um, Millie asked me, this is back when I was in school, I think it was the youth band, Millie asked me, um, Sophie, like, can you share a devotion with the youth band, just like, a, like share a verse and a couple of thoughts on it. And let me tell you, I absolutely freaked out, like absolutely freaked out. And Millie didn't even get me to do it in the end because she's like, oh my gosh, I did not expect Sophie to freak out like that. But I was like, I cannot do this. And like even Ashley, um, like if we have before youth, we always have prayer meetings and we have someone with a microphone and they walk around the room and they pass it around to, to pray out loud. 
And that was so scary. I'm like, I cannot pray out loud. And so whoever had the microphone, they'd be on one side of the room because we walk around, but I'd always make sure I'm always on the opposite side wherever the microphone is. And even in youth today, I know some of you guys do that too. I see that. Because <laughs> um, that's what happens. We we're afraid of, I was afraid of speaking in that microphone or praying out loud. So I was like, I'm just going to stay as far away as I can from this. And so, yeah, even talking to new people at youth, I remember it's like a new person walked into the door. I'm like, I can't speak to them. I have to like hide and get away so I can't speak to them. And this is what fear does. And these things cause like a paralyzing fear to literally run through me. And one thing I learned is that God's calling is always outside of your comfort zone. It's always outside of your comfort zone. And so I want to encourage you today, like if you face fear right now towards stepping out of your comfort zone, that does not mean you should not be doing it but it's a sign that it's actually God's calling. And fear is actually an attack of the enemy to get you to shrink back and to retreat and to stay in your comfort zone. And that's why God actually wants us to address fear because fear will keep us contained and out of his will. And in that place, we won't actually obey the voice of God, which grows us, but we will obey fear, which contains us. And so I just want to challenge you on this. Like if there's no discomfort in what you believe God is calling you to do, and if you're in a comfortable place, maybe there's more that God has for you. Maybe there's more that God has for you. I believe he does. I really believe he does. So how do we overcome this fear? Never does it say that God will take away your fear. But over and over again, he calls you to face your fear and to overcome it. And I can say in my life, like I could say I tried to overcome fear, right? I tried. <laughs> like, um, I, and I, I, I really did. But the thing is, is my trying couldn't set me free. It was the power of God that set me free. And you cannot overcome a demonic spirit in your own power. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I got to the place where I'm like, God, I can't. And if I stayed in that place, the spirit of fear would have won. But I got to the place where I said, God, I can't, but you can but you can. And that's the shift that needs to take place in our lives. Because I knew I wasn't enough, but I knew that Jesus was. And so I took my eyes off of myself and onto Jesus. Because when my reliance wasn't on myself anymore and it was on Jesus Christ, my weakness was then an invitation, an open door for his strength to come in and fill my life. And so here's a truth for you today. Like you may feel fear, but that does not mean you need to act according to your fear. Fear, it makes us feel like we have no choice but to submit to it. 
And the danger is when we submit to feelings of fear, fear becomes our master. And we become a slave to fear and it controls our lives. Who's going to stand up today and say, fear is not my master, Jesus is. Fear is not my master, Jesus is. This is why the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom because that means he will be your master. He will be your master. Because just because I feel fear, which I do most days, I can say that, just because I feel fear, the difference is now I won't submit to it because I'm submitted to God. And it says that in James 4, 7, it tells us, it says, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. It was when I submitted to God that the enemy had to flee. I don't follow fear anymore. I follow Jesus. I live by his power. I live in his love and I live with a sound mind. And we need to do that every day because fear will always look for an entry point to develop new roots in your life. And sometimes I notice it develops new roots in my own life. So I got to go and I got to pull those out. I got to deprive that tree of nutrients because I'm not going to feed into it. If I do, it will grow. In Psalm 56 verse 3, David says, Whenever I'm afraid, I put my trust in the Lord. Whenever I'm afraid, I put my trust in the Lord. It's not saying here that you won't feel fear, but it's saying that when you do, there's a way to deal with it. And it begins by putting your trust in God. Because you were never made to live in fear. You were made to live in the presence of God. And so to overcome fear, first we need to submit to God. But then we actually need a revelation of the love of God. We need a revelation of the love of God. And it's often said that faith is the opposite to fear. But what the Bible shows us is that love is the opposite to fear. And we can read in 1 John 4, 18, it says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. What a powerful verse right there. It says perfect fear casts, sorry, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Casting out is such a strong word. It's such a strong word. But so when fear grips your life, where fear grips your life right now, that is where you need a revelation of the love of God. I was thinking, how do you get air out of a bottle, an empty bottle? How do you get air out? You fill it with water. In your own life, how do you get this fear out of you, out of your life? Get filled with the perfect love of God. 
Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. So the foundation for overcoming fear is knowing that your Father in heaven, he loves you. And you belong to him. And he's got your back right now in whatever it is that you're facing. If I'm standing here on my own facing a giant, who am I? Like, of course I'm going to be afraid of that. But if I know I've got someone greater standing behind me, who's with me, I won't be afraid anymore because I know who's with me. And so we've got to know that truth that God is with us. God is with you. If you knew God had your back in every area of your life, what would you be doing that you're not doing right now? Any fear that you're facing, any fear of failure, any fear of rejection, it's counteracted by the love of God. To know that we're accepted by God. We're approved by him, that he calls us his children. He calls us his children and it doesn't matter who else may reject us. So we've got to stand before God every day and declare, God, I am your child. That is who I am. I belong to you. No matter what happens, no matter if I fail, no matter if others reject me, God, I am yours. And we have that freedom to come to him today, not as a slave, but as a child of God, to say, Father, I need you. And today I wanna invite you to leave that place of slavery, to leave that fear and to walk as children of God. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes right now in this place. Just open your heart to God right now. Let God speak to you right now. Let him reveal to you the areas where you have been carrying fear. Where has fear gripped your life? He wants you to know right now that you are his child. The Bible says that all who believe in him and accept him, he gave the right to become children of God. Maybe you're here today and you've never made a decision to receive Jesus into your life. Or maybe you're here and you once walked with God, but you've actually walked away from him. And Jesus, he gave you this opportunity to become his child when he died on the cross for your sins. 
so that you could freely come to him and receive him into your life. The Bible says that if you want to receive Jesus into your life today, that you just need to believe in him, which means you trust him and commit your life to him. So this is God's invitation for you this morning to become a child of God and to walk with him every day. So if you're here in this place right now and you want to receive Jesus, either you never have before or you want to come back to him, I just invite you right now just to lift your hand in this place. If that's you, if you say, yeah, I need to come back to God today. Amen. We're just going to pray this prayer together. Um, This is a prayer inviting Jesus into our life, to give our life to him. And so we're going to pray this together. So just repeat after me right now. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you love me so much that you gave your life for me. I believe you died for all the wrong things I've done. And I believe you rose again to give me eternal life. I ask you today to come into my life, to be my Lord, which means I'll follow you, and to be my Saviour, which means I'm set free. I thank you, Jesus, that today I am saved. Amen. Amen. Let's just stand to our feet right now in this place. I believe that God wants to break fear off of your life today. And so I want to speak to those right now who identify that the spirit of fear is actually at work in your life. And it's, it's grouping you, it's crippling you in different areas of your life. Or maybe you have this fear of actually stepping out of your comfort zone and stepping into the things that God has actually called you to do. And so I want to invite you today to, to leave that place of fear and actually to live as a child of God. And so I'm going to open up this altar right now And I invite you just to come forward out of your seats to the front. And we're going to pray. We're going to sing this song and we are going to pray over you. And we're going to pray that the spirit of fear will be broken off of your life and you'll be delivered. You will be set free and you won't have to carry that in your life anymore. Jesus, he came to set you free. And so if that is you right now, I invite you just to come out of your seats and just fill this place right now. I know that there is people here who are facing fear. And if you're feeling tight in your chest right now, that's you. Like if you're feeling uncomfortable right now, God's Holy Spirit speaking to you and calling you to come. Amen.